good day. Welcome to episode 56 of the Aaron Wayne podcast. Oh yeah. You know, when I was in high school, I played football. I'm not trying to brag. I'm trying to start this whole podcast off with a bit of bragging in your face, but I played football. And you know what your number, boy's number was? It was 56. No big deal. In fact, the guy that I took the starting position from, his number was 56. Next year, I got his starting position. He was still on the team, and coach said, Richards, what number do you want? I said, 56. And then I sort of looked over at homie. Not like glaringly at him, but you know, he knew what I did. What a jerk. That's really mean. I probably shouldn't have done that. If you listen to the last podcast, I was talking about uh, becoming a father and uh, types of masculinity. And that's the type of masculinity that football creates in young men is you steal a man's number and then glare at him. Yeah, man. So I hope you guys are doing well. Um, Something I said to I I was editing my previous podcast and I looked at uh, I was listening to it and like cutting it up and getting it ready. And one of the things that I forgot to mention in the last podcast is subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to it, subscribe, throw in uh, a five-star review. Uh, it's much appreciated. It helps this thing grow. I looked at my Squarespace, which is my website. Um, and it's the numbers. It's kind of weird to look at things growing, but I just want to keep it growing. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or pod, uh, a podcatcher, um, give me a sub on YouTube. YouTube, I want to grow the YouTube a little bit because I like making these videos and I like editing and cutting things up. But um, the audio version, I guess that's probably typical. The audio version is much bigger uh, in all formats. But enough about the podcast. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> I hope you guys are doing well, man. I'm uh, at the house by myself today because my lady is at a pool party with some of her teacher friends. And, uh, she's six months pregnant. I talked about it in the last podcast. Uh, check that one out if you're interested in my thoughts on that. But I thought, you know what, Aaron, you need to do something sweet for the missus. So I did, I scheduled, um, like, uh, like a spa day kind of thing. And it took me a week to like put the pieces together and make the scheduling perfect. And I prepaid everything. And I was texting back and forth with the stylist and the facial expert. And what do you even call someone who does f- like does like skincare, like facial work, does facials, like a facialist, a fascist, a fa- a fascist. I don't know. So, um, I, uh, was texting back and forth with them and then got back from teaching some early morning yoga this morning. And I said, uh, listen here, little lady, uh, get your party shoes on. Cause I'm taking you somewhere. And I told her where we were going I was going to take her to breakfast first. And then I get a text message from the, uh, what she calls it, the, uh, from the fascists. And, uh, she goes, um, just wanted to make sure you guys are ready for your appointment tomorrow. And I was like, damn, it's tomorrow. So she, Katie had to put her pieces back together for this little like teacher pool party thingy that's happening right now. But yeah, man, that's interesting. It's super interesting. And you know that it is. I just wanted to talk about it because uh, I felt like uh, a bit of a goof. Like you try and do something sweet and then you just 
just a small detail, you get the day wrong. But we're going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to take her out to eat and, and uh, you know, treat the lovely missus like the lovely missus. So do that. Uh, hopefully you guys have somebody in your life that you can do that sort of thing for. And if not, just do it with a stranger. You know what I mean? Just like walk up to a stranger and be like, hey, uh, I got a whole spa package set up for you. Um, but do, do, don't tell them that it's today and then it's actually tomorrow because then they'll be like, what the hell? Like, I didn't even ask for this. I don't even know you. Do you work here? You know, um, you could do that. You don't have to do that. But, uh, yeah, man, I don't have internet right now, which is like, dude, are are we ever going to talk about how internet companies have a monopoly? We thought about that. I have nobody that I can, there's no, no price that I can, I can't battle this by finding a more inexpensive service in order to do the internet stuff. It's 2022, man. Can't get a couple of another ISPs. You know, if you're not in the, if you're not in the know, ISP is internet service provider. But uh, it was supposed to be get set up next Tuesday. And you know, your boy greased the wheels a little bit. Not really. Um, I was just really sweet to the, lady on the phone shouts out to Karen at Chantel she uh she said that she'll get the boys to come out a little bit earlier all right what was that glitch I just had a glitch am I still recording yeah I'm good um yeah man so I'm gonna get internet which is super exciting how do you live without internet oh I just finished this book I talked about deep work a couple episodes ago but I just finished this book uh audiobook not to brag, but I can also listen to books as well as read the words on the page. And it's called Stolen Focus by Johan Hari, who's this British dude. And uh, talks about how we are just like, we can't focus. We can't, what is this? Do you want to use? No. Oh, that's why it's doing it. Cause I keep opening and closing my AirPods. Okay. So stop here stop fidgeting. Um, I got a knife that I keep on my desk to like, open letters and maybe I could do like fiddle with the, no don't fiddle with the knife put it away you're being now you're being weird okay put it away everybody calm down the hell was I talking about oh uh, stolen focus ironically and uh, talks about all the things that we know are stealing our focus you know the social media the internet all this these different things but some of the things that you don't really think about um, that also steal your focus uh, such as um lead environmental pollutants um and i forgot the other things because i was listening to it and you don't really i don't think you understand books as well when you listen to them also what i do when i read a book is like i take notes in the book and then i put them all like when i have a quote or a fact or something i have like a stack of like six books right underneath the camera right here in front of my terminal which is right in front of me I stack them up and then I sit down and just like fill note cards like with quotes and things that I think are useful for, you know, my teaching or writing or anything like that. And then I just keep them in boxes. So I learn what I read much better than listening to it. But I figured it was better to do that than to just listen to like, you ever listen to motivational clips on YouTube? Don't lie to me. You know, you do. Sometimes I do. Typically, it's the days that I wake up late 
and I want to like get mad at myself for sleeping in and like sleeping in dude. It's like, it's like waking up at eight 30, you know what I mean? But I wake up eight 30 during the summertime. I'm like, Oh, Aaron, that's good to know. You're a bum. And, uh, I have negative self-talk about that. And so what I'll do is I'll listen to some YouTube videos of David Goggins, who's a Navy SEAL. And he's like, you guys, you guys stay hard. He's like running. The best dude is when people on YouTube will troll. Troll is not the right word. They'll, um, they'll like sort of mimic and make fun of these characters, these motivational characters like Gary Vaynerchuk and, you know, David Goggins, all these different guys that are out there on the internet, like trying to, trying to like spread good vibes, I guess. But also like, they're just cheesy. Like, you know, if you have self-awareness, like I, I try to have self-awareness. I know how fucking, I know how cheesy and goofy and silly I am. And they'll just like rip these people apart. And those are really funny when they're, you know, so that's a fun story. Um, did you like the story? I just keep getting distracted by all the books that I have on my desk that I need to pull notes out of. I probably shouldn't. I probably should clean my desk before I do this. You know, I said last podcast at the end. In fact, I think I've said in several podcasts, like I should be taking this more seriously, especially as like it grows and people are listening to it. And not to say like, I'm not, first of all, I'm not making, I'm not making one red cent. What does that mean? Is that a racist thing? Oh God. I don't know the origins of that. You never know these days. Um, but uh, I'm making no money on the podcast. And I don't really think I want to or necessarily intend to. It's just something I do that's fun. And it's not, when I say like it's growing, it's not like crazy. It's not crazy. You're still in the, it's, you're still cool. You know what I mean? Before it gets massive. You'll, you'll be able to say like, maybe I should sell an NFT. Like sell an NFT and be like, yo, you did it now. You know, you buy this NAT f- NFT for NAT. What is that? National Association of Dragon Food. I don't know. Buy this NFT, one ETH, which I think is like $1,600 right now. Dude, the crypto market. This is real fun when someone gets a podcast and then they start looking at crypto on their cell phone. And hell yeah, we had a bit of a rally today, boys. Yeah, one ETH is $1,483 at time of uh, July 27th at 1.07 p.m. So, yeah, I'm going to sell an NFT so that when you buy it for one ETH, you'll be able to sell it for um, 20 ETH once the podcast is huge. And hopefully the ETH market doesn't fall apart. ETH is Ethereum. I think if you don't know, yeah, I don't know if you can tell this, but, uh, your boy knows a little bit about the, the internet, internet service provider, AKA ISP, uh, ETH, Ethereum, no big deal. Do you guys know scuba is, uh, stands for self-contained underwater breathing apparatus? Surprised you didn't know that. Mm. It's delicious. But I said to myself, Rico, I said, self you need to take this a bit more seriously. You should probably take some notes. And then I sat down, put everything together. And I was like, you know what, man, we're doing it live. Good. Do it live. And that's what it looks like. And you know, I have all these books on my desk. These are all like, do I want to show off my books? Do you do this? You buy books and then you put them up on a bookshelf. I got a friend, a good friend. And, uh, I called him out. He had some really like 
high level books. Oh, another thing from the F- Stolen Focus book. Uh, f- something like fifty. It was either fifty three or fifty seven. It was more than fifty, less than sixty. Um, those are numbers that stick in my head. Percent of Americans won't read a book this year. Can you wrap your head around that? So that means that half of you listening haven't read a book this year. I made a podcast, like three podcasts, four podcasts ago. It said books are important was the title of that one. And, you know, I could have written this book that Johan Hari wrote and I probably should have. I should probably, I should, he, maybe he, I should, maybe he listens to the podcast. I don't know. But uh, yeah, man, I think that we lose focus because we don't sit down with it for a sustained period of time and do something because all of our information is sort of like junk food, bite-sized information. And I'm trying to, because I read Deep Work um, by Cal Newport. These, This is like the list of books that I read recently. And like, I just want you to know that your boy reads. I'm in the, I'm in that minority of Americans who actually read books. Um I read uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport, and then I uh, listened to uh, Stolen Focus by Johan Hari, and then I started Behave by Robert Sapolsky, which is dense, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a challenging book, uh, so it's like, I'm, I found something that is interesting enough that it holds my focus, and it's really well written with a real interesting, humorous, playful voice of this guy, Sapolsky. If you don't know him, he's a Stanford neurobiologist, and um, just YouTube, like Sapolsky lecture and just watch some of his stuff. I've been, uh, tuned into this guy for like, I don't know, like five, seven years, something like that. And, uh, he wrote a book called why zebras don't get ulcers, which is about stress and cortisol and how that affects our bodies. But the book I'm reading now is behave, which is about, uh, the tagline is like behave the, uh, actions of people at our best and worst, something like that. And what I'm relearning is my understanding of how, um, like the, uh, neurological process takes place and how the more that we fire certain neurons, the more myelinated they get, meaning like the more easily, uh, electricity, simplified electricity, passes through those neurons which means they fire more easily well so you know i'm i'm in combination these three books and you never know how like your books are going to like tangle themselves up into a conclusion but the conclusion i've come to is i'm wasting so much of my life using these forms of media that are pulling my attention and i'm not even like it's not even as if I'm addicted. Well, I, I guess we're all sort of addicted to these technologies, but you know, I'm not on my phone 24 seven. I'm not the type of cat that I go out to dinner with friends and I'm like on scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Um, and you know, I live a fulfilled life with my partner and my family and my friends, but even within, and I have, you know, I have my hobbies and interests. I have my career and I have like, I teach yoga, which is like a side career and like my life is groovy and I feel content. But what I'm realizing is that so much of our time gets pulled into these things and you have, you have some of the wealthiest people in the world in history that run some of the most successful entities, which are like the, you know, the 
the the market cap of Google is like equivalent to that of Mexico or something like that, right? Um, those numbers aren't, that's not exactly right, but they, they're huge, they're huge companies. And they have the most sophisticated psychological understanding that the human species has ever had of human dynamics and the choices and behaviorism. And they're attempting to get you to stay on these platforms. So like, who's gonna win? That like, I'm not gonna win. So I deleted all my shit, man. And uh, the only way that I can get in on um, Instagram and YouTube, which are like, those are the two that like really pull me in is just YouTube, just have that playing, doing my work or dishes or whatever, or scrolling through Instagram and like sitting on a couch for 20 minutes. It's like, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm losing all of my life, but it's like, it's a chunk here, a chunk there, a chunk here. And you know, when you're listening to something like you're listening to me right now, like, what are you doing right now? Could you turn this off? Don't turn it off, please. Please. No, but like, if I'm, if I'm honest with you, like I'm trying to do fewer, uh, podcasts, uh, listening to fewer podcasts and YouTube videos and, and pieces of entertainment while I'm living my life so that I can actually live my life. Because, you know, if I'm doing the dishes and I'm listening to a podcast, every single time that what I'm doing is I'm intertwining these two neural connections to one another so that whenever I do the dishes and I don't have a podcast to listen to, I'll sit there and I'll look for like, and I've, if I've listened to everything, I'll look and look and look and I'll waste 10 minutes trying to find something that's worthwhile. And then I'll pick something that's garbage. And I'm not actually that interested in just because I've like meshed these neural pathways together. And that doesn't seem like a good idea. So yeah, man, that's that. I'm trying to I'm trying to cut back on these things. Oh, what happened to the microphone? Here we go. I'm trying to lean back in my chair, I'm trying to chill. Yeah, I'm cross-legged and I'm just chilling. There it is. No hands. School starts in a couple weeks. It's crazy. It's crazy how fast the summer goes. Crazy how fast the summer goes. We started watching. Alone. If you haven't seen Alone on, uh, I think they post on Netflix, but it's like a History Channel show. That is a show that they're editing. They definitely try to like entice you through the commercial break that doesn't exist on Netflix. Yo, but did you hear this? I was listening to um, a podcast from The Economist. No big deal. That was my chair, if you heard that. Um, your boy listens to The Economist. Um, and it was talking about how Netflix has, they've lost like almost a million subs, uh, in the last year, which is not good because they're a hundred percent a subscription model and they're going to start showing ads, which is the thing that drives me crazy about Hulu. And I was talking to, uh, a buddy and, uh, I was like, yeah, dude, screw Hulu. I'm not into it, man. They show me advertisements. And he was like, well... I just did the math on a 30 minute show. If they show me seven minutes of commercials and then I prorate that out, like I watch an hour or two hours of TV a day that adds up to X amount of dollars an hour. And usually like, is my time worth X amount of dollars? I was like, listen, I just don't like that. They do it. You're right. Is spending three more dollars a month. Actually that big of a deal. No, but I don't like that. They put me in that position. I don't like it. I don't think I'll ever do commercials on this. 
I don't think I want to read ads. I don't want to read ads. Blah. That sounds terrible, dude, to read ads. But if they gave me enough money, I got a, I got a baby coming, dude. Just renovated a house. I got student loan debt. Come on. Public school teacher. But I don't know when I ever do that. It sounds terrible. Read advertisements. And all of the advertisements that you hear on podcasts are all just so bogus. They're about like underwear and like, you know, like clippers for your genitals and like mattresses. Like I don't want to sell mattresses. I don't be out here hawking mattresses at my listeners. Like that just sounds, that's not cool, man. You can't be doing that. But if you gave me enough money. If you're just listening to the podcast, you didn't get to see that intense eyebrow raise. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube. But what I did figure out is I use a browser called Brave because I am cautious about how much data I allow to... I'm cautious about how much data I create because who knows? Like, who knows how it's it, it's being used and will be used against us. And I'm not an evil person. I'm not doing evil things. But I just don't like the idea of the internet being used as a tool in order to more thir- no I'm not I don't want to use I don't want to use my airpods the thing just glitched out I'm gonna have to do a whole bunch of edits on this video now damn you airpods I try to get off my airpods too I got some of these I get these danglies I got the the old school stringed ones cause who knows I don't know is it good for us to be listening, like have these AirPods in our heads all day? So I bought, I bought some of the, I bought some of the other ones. They're like seven bucks or whatever. Some of the old school danglies can't be good for you. Like they, they're admitting some sort of signal. It's right into your brain. We didn't evolve to have little radios in our ears. Ray Bradbury called it, man. I had a train of thought, and I don't know what it was. So send me a comment or an email or something and uh tell me what i was talking about but ray bradbury called it ray bradbury wrote fahrenheit 451 in the 50s maybe early 60s and he said uh, he said something to the effect of like you know in the future well he didn't say this but he was just like describing it through narrative he's like you know people are gonna be wearing little seashells in their ears all the time that they listen to shows like, and if you're listening to this on YouTube, like I'm holding up a little AirPod right here. It looks like a seashell, man. You put that in your ear, it's a seashell, bro. Bradbury nailed it. What was I talking about? YouTube. It's something to do with YouTube. Oh, Brave Browser. That's what it was. So Brave is a browser that doesn't track you in any capacity, and um, which is awesome. They also have their own search engine that it so like things like DuckDuckGo and these other uh, like alternative search engines that don't save any of your history, which is good because like you, your browser history and your data and all these things like you own these. These corporations don't have a right to them, even if you're just a normal person and you're just spending like you're not like on the dark web buying illegal things. Like that's not the point, and that's not what I'm doing either. But the the fact that these corporations don't own anything about your choices, your brain and your like interests and hobbies, they don't own it. And so, um, but these other, uh, alternative forms of, um, 
of search engines, they all just use the Google uh, web crawler because Google ha- has crawled like 30%, 40% of the web. Like they have the most search in their search. And then they have algorithmic um, ranking of how that search shows up to you. So, and you can see this, like you go, uh, Social Dilemma talks about this. Like if you search, um, if you just put in climate change, uh, climate change is, and then you don't fill in the blank, the suggested page will give you different fill in the blanks based on what it thinks you want to see. That's not good. So I use Brave Browser, and they have tokenized advertisement. So they have a great ad blocker. This is here's an advertisement. Sounds like an advertisement. It's not. It's like a thing I want you to know about. It's called Brave, um, and they have tokenized your uh, the the ads. So if you choose to see ads, then they give you tokens uh, in a sort of like in a cryptocurrency sense. And those accumulate, and then you can tip those back to uh, creators, right? So I linked one up with my YouTube page. I don't even know how to do it. Like, I I linked it up. I haven't even looked to see what it shows up like uh, if I were to go to my YouTube page uh, without being logged in. So I don't even know how you do it, but I like that idea. I like the idea of, like, getting getting this sort of high-level understanding of human psychology and the dynamics of culture. I like the idea of divorcing corporations capacity to weaponize that against our attention because let me finish this thought in two seconds. I got to restart the camera because I can only take 30 minutes of video on my camera and I've yet to figure it out. Even though my buddy told me how to, I haven't figured it out. So hold on just a second. Okay, sorry for the clap. Um, but uh, I, I was just there. I was just in that thought, and I forgot what it was. It was something about not allowing corporations to monetize our... Oh, this was the idea. Siddhartha Gautama... <laughs> didn't know I was going there, did you? Siddhartha Gautama was a prince uh, about 600 BC. And... Gautama was shielded by his father, the king, from any hardships, challenges, problems, uh, death, everything, sickness. He was just shielded from it in this palace. He had everything he ever wanted. And um, and then he grows up and he becomes a teenager and he goes out. Maybe this happened when he was a boy. I'd have to look back at the story. But, you know, he he goes out of the palace um, and he's with one of his, like, handlers, whatever it is that princes have. And he sees sickness. He sees people, um, you know, homeless folk. Um, he sees just regular street people. He sees uh, people getting sick. And he's like, what's that? And then the guy tells him, his, his handler's like, that's, that's sickness. And then he sees um, people marching and uh, walking behind uh, a, a, um, like a funeral pyre. Like they in India, what they did traditionally, at least, is they would wrap people. They would put them on like kind of like a hammock, like you'd see like a World War Two style hammock, and then they would carry them, and then um, they would like cremate them. But it was open air cremation, and it's it's traditional, and you know actually that's one of the ways that they've um, 
made scientific discoveries. I don't know. That's like a different conversation. But so Gautama sees this and he's like, what is, what's that? Why, why is that person like wrapped up like that? And his handler says that's death. And so the, uh, Gautama is like, what the hell? <laughs> he's like, what the hell? We die. <laughs> I didn't know that. Nobody told me. I'm going to sip a coffee before I tell the rest of this story. You wait with bated breath while I sip this coffee for the rest of the story. Mm. Delicious. It's not cold. It's not hot, which is my least favorite type of coffee. I want it warm or I want it ice cold. That's suffering. First noble truth of Buddhism. Life is suffering. Deal with it, Rico. So Gautama goes out. And then he comes back to the palace and he's pissed. He's like, dad, like, well, you didn't tell me any of this. Like people die, whatever, whatever. And his dad, it kind of goes back to the, uh, archetypal, like, like the Oedipal complex, right? Like the smothering mother from, a um, a, uh, sort of a Jungian, uh, archetype approach where, you know, you want to protect your kids from life. And that's what happened to the Buddha and the Buddha, uh, Gautama at the time. He, he's like, I'm, I'm out, dude. Like you, you guys have been lying to me. I have no idea. I want to go see what the world is. And so he goes out in the world and he lives like, you know, with, uh, like basically in a shirt, no shoes wandering around. Um, he ends up linking up with uh, a group of meditators, yogis, uh, called, uh, the, the school of thought is asceticism, which is not like aesthetic, like. I've cultivated a lovely aesthetic in my uh, yoga or my podcast slash office space. That's aesthetic, right? Um, aesthetic is different. An aesthetic is they, um, you know, they eat like half a bowl of rice a day and they just sit and meditate and chant and throw like dust and fires and watch the fire plume with the dust and like just like intense meditation. And so he goes through that approach and he's not into it. He tries other approaches. He's like, this one doesn't make sense. And then the story, as the story goes, uh, which you can approach however you want to metaphorically, literally, or whatever, uh, Gautama sits underneath the Bodhi tree, which they say much like in Catholicism, they say like, Oh, this is the shroud of Turin, right? This or where, you know, this is the shroud that, uh, Jesus or Jesus was wrapped in. Um, the, and so there's all these like historical artifacts in world religions. So they have the Bodhi tree, which I think is, I think it's in India. I think it's in Northern India, but you can Google that for yourself. It's this tree that's like legit, like a couple thousand years old and it's a Bodhi tree. And apparently what happened is Gautama sat there in deep meditation and I think it might have been one of these 40 days and 40 nights things, which I don't understand the like true meaning of 40 days, 40 nights, because like Christ was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, you have, you know, biological processes that work on 40s. And like my wife, when she has her baby, it's supposed to be 40 weeks. So I don't know what 40 means. And I'm not getting hippy dippy on it, but it's interesting to see like connection between those things between the biological rhythms and the stories and history of spiritual leaders so he sits there for a handful of days could have been 40 or 40 nights uh, not sure and then he touches the ground and just by touching the ground apparently boom that's enlightenment boom you're enlightened and then he walks into town and they're like they start calling him the buddha 
which means the enlightened one. So I don't know what to do with that story, but the reason I started talking about this is because in 600 BC, when the Buddha was doing his thing, and when, I think that's also when, uh, who wrote it? It's Lao Tzu, when Lao Tzu wrote the Tao Te Ching, 600 BC, um, a lot of the stories of the Old Testament, 600-ish BC, um, interesting stuff right 600 bc was an important like time in history and those people who had these like revelatory experiences right noble truths of buddhism uh life is suffering suffering comes from attachment uh the way to release attachment is through like the noble path right the eighth eightfold path i think is what they call it in buddhism i got the book right here but i'm not i'm not gonna pull it back out um so like those sorts of spiritual teachings, those lessons, right? The eight limbs of yoga, right? Yamas, niyamas, uh, asana, pranayama, all these like dharana, dhyana, uh, samadhi, all these different things that you learn in the yoga world, which was like 5,000 years old. Not to brag, but you know, Buddha, the Hindus got there first. Uh, but they, they had to trade these pieces of information orally first, like through stories and apprenticeship and so forth. And then eventually they started writing stuff down. Like the, I don't think Patanjali wrote the sutras until it might have been around 600 BC. I actually want to look this up. Hold on. Um, Patanjali wrote the sutras, and like that might have been a 600 BC joint too. Um, but that was the first time that the sutras were ever put to paper. The practices of uh, yoga. I'm not gonna be able to find this. Um, not going to be able to find it because this was written by these su the sutras were this book was like um, uh, this is the most interesting podcast ever man I love this line though uh, this is my fit if I were to ever get a uh, Sanskrit tattoo it would be this yogas chitta vritti narodaha and it looks so pretty in Sanskrit, but that means yoga is the calming of the fluctuations of our mind. I love that definition. Yoga is the calming of the fluctuations in our mind. That's Sutra's uh, Pada 1, verse 2, um, for all of you yoga nerds out there. But they wouldn't be... They, so what I'm getting at, man... The reason I got into this trip for the last 10 minutes about these ancient teachers and philosophies and ideas is they didn't have social media. They had to pass it through word, then through paper. And then what would, like, what would we do if Buddha came out today and started posting stuff on TikTok? <laughs> and what would Buddha do? Would Buddha just be sitting there? Because you'd scroll right past him. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to sit there and watch some dude meditating and be like, life is suffering. You're like, whatever. Watch this guy f to try to do a backflip on a <laughs> on this dirt hill. See what happens. Like, you're not going to watch that. You're going to want you're going to scroll right past him. And then the algo will uh, prevent you from seeing other teachers like that. I'm curious, like audit your feed. Notice what the algorithm, the algorithm Har um not Hari Johan Hari. This is um uh, uh what is that guy's name? He wrote Sapiens. 
Noah Yuval Harari. Noah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's something like Hari. The guy who wrote Sapiens, he said in Homo Deus, which was his um, book after uh, Sapiens, he said that these algos are going to get to learn us better than we know ourselves. And the example that he gives is, um, like, growing up, he didn't know that he... So this is the writer talking, but he's like, he didn't know that he was gay, but if you had an algorithm that was noticing how long you pay attention to this photo versus that photo as you're scrolling through Instagram, it might have like with 74% certainty, they might know your sexual preference before you even know it. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're a kid, I don't know what that experience is because it's not my experience, but you know, when I'm 10 years old, I'm not really thinking about those things, but I might've been like, you know, noticing girls and women more at 10 than I was noticing boys and men boys to men with a little bit of east coast style and if the algo knows that before you know it like is that is that okay you know what i mean so audit your feed because your the algo probably knows you better than you think you even know yourself i start i got on tiktok and i was like looking when i first got on tiktok it was uh just random stuff and then somehow it figured out that i uh do i i like like renovation videos and i like when people build stuff with hand tools like do hand cool tool carpentry and build coffee tables and shit like i didn't even know that i liked that but i loved it apparently tiktok's terms of service are atrocious like apparently they're really bad like they can track keystrokes that you make on the device that you have the app and on devices that doesn't that the huh and on other devices so if i have my iphone and my macbook linked up and i don't have tiktok on my macbook tiktok can still pay attention to my keystrokes i'm deleting it right now i think i already deleted it i deleted it when i did like a batch delete of stuff the other day if the buddha were to show up today we wouldn't be able to find him because there's too much noise and we're not paying enough attention that's the punchline and so when it comes to focus we have to regain our focus because these problems in culture so in stolen focus Johan Hari says you know there are lots of problems in the world right but if you are driving home and there's mud on the windshield it doesn't matter what obstacles are in your way the first thing you have to do is get the mud off the wheel windshield because then you won't be able to see, then like you won't even see the obstacles as they come to you and i think that's such a perfect analogy of the world that we're currently living in we have all of these issues that need to be contended with social issues environmental issues political issues economic issues you know i can rattle off examples from each and I have in the past but I do know this if we don't clear the mud from the windshield we're not going to be able to see those challenges James Baldwin said not everything that can be faced can be fixed but nothing can be fixed until we faced it and I think that's true yeah James Baldwin was such a badass dude there's a really good YouTube video of James Baldwin he's somewhere in Europe 
I think in England, which England doesn't want to be part of Europe anymore, but whatever. I'm an, I'm an American, and that's Europe to me, boy. But, uh, yeah, so he's doing this uh, thing. He's doing, like, a lecture. Might have been a debate, but just YouTube uh, James Baldwin, England. And that clip, man, I was like, I had seen that before I knew who he was as a writer, and then I wrote The Fire Next Time. And then I got I got hooked on that guy for a while. I just like started listening to his stuff, like everything I could find. He did like a couple of late night shows. Whoever the late night guy was in the sixties and seventies when he was kicking it, and uh, so like you could see like the pain in this guy's eyes and the love that he has in his heart and the confusion that he has about the world. And the language he uses to articulate those complex parts parts of his personality um, is it's it's inspiring to see that you, the human capacity for attempting to understand this experience. And I know this: if we're on Instagram all day, even if it's ten minutes at a time, we're gonna miss it. We're going to miss this life. We're going to miss this experience. So get off your phone, man. And if you kept listening to the podcast after I told you to turn the podcast off, uh, bless you. But ask yourself, what are you trying to distract yourself from right now? And maybe you should pay more attention to it. Because otherwise, we're not going to know when the Buddha shows up. And what I'm trying to tell you guys is I am the Buddha. That's me. I'm the Buddha. Not really. Just kidding. I would never say that. It seems like sacrilegious and offensive. That's not what I'm trying to do here. Hit me with a like, subscribe, comment, five stars. Bam, 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 bam. Five stars. Give them to me. Alright guys, I hope you're doing well Hope you're finding peace I'll see you guys on the next one Peace